Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast. Current events, local, world news, and what's trending. I'm your host, Ben, from London, Ontario, Canada. Thank you for joining me this morning, Sunday, at 9 a.m. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Here we are Sunday. We are at the end of February. Today is the 28th. Tomorrow, Monday, is the 1st of March. And spring is getting ever so closer. I hope everybody's had a good weekend so far. So this morning, I just want to talk about uh, corporate personhood and everything you need to know. Now, this article covers, you know, basics of uh, corporate person uh, personhood, and I'm pretty sure that it goes into greater detail um, on the legal as- aspects of, of corporation. But this hits off about seven different points about what corporate personhood means. So what is, what is corporate personhood? Corporations have some of the same rights as people. This is known as corporate personhood. It is the idea that a corporation has its own rights. Corporate personhood has existed much longer than many people realize. Corporate personhood is not just for large companies. As long as a business is incorporated, it can benefit from corporate personhood. Organizations that benefit from corporate personhood can include large business, small business, churches, for-profit organizations. Because it bought land, the Catholic Church is one of the earliest examples of corporate personhood. And many people are against the idea of corporate personhood. In their opinion, companies are not people and do not deserve the same rights as regular persons. However, this legal destination does not give a business the same rights as a natural person. Corporate personhood protects companies from unfair treatment by the government. These protections are important for companies to operate successfully. People who are against the corporate personhood claim that the legal concept ignores an important difference between businesses and people. 
The argument is that people are created by God and thus have God-given rights. Businesses are not, so opponents say they do not deserve the same status as a regular person. Also, they argue that unlimited corporate political spending gives corporations a stronger voice than regular people. It allows them to control elections, pressure candidates. It is, desta it is destabilizing influence on the country's political system. Although corporations have certain rights, they are not considered full persons under the law. So what is the importance of a corporate personhood? Although its opponents may not realize it, corporate personhood is extremely important and serves as one of the main preventative measures against government overreach. Generally speaking, corporations are entitled to the First, the Fourth, the Fifth, and the Fourteenth Amendment protections while well, the main point of contention when it comes to personhood is the First Amendment rights granted by the citizens' united ruling. The more important protections are provided by the other amendments. And for an example, the 14th Amendment provides equal protection under the law. This is important for corporations because it prevents state governments or other jurisdictions from passing legislation that unduly burdens a corporation while not affecting other citizens. Equally important corporate personhood, the Fourth Amendment. Hey, good morning. Welcome to the show. I hope you have uh, or, or are having a good weekend. I hope everything's going well for you. Um, this morning, I just want to um, just touch on uh, corporate personhood and, um, you know, just basic, um, you know, what is uh, a corporate personhood, the, the importance of a corporate personhood, and then arguments for a corporate personhood. And so on and so forth and, and you know what is a corporate personhood and a, it could be a large business a small business churches and for-profit organizations now the importance of the corporate personhood um, for an example um, like I said here, the 14th Amendment provides equal protection under the law. This is important for corporations because it prevents state governments and other jurisdictions from passing legislation that unduly burdens a corporation while not affecting other citizens. Equally as important to corporate personhood is the Fourth Amendment, which grants protection from unreasonable searches and seizures. Without the protection of the Fourth Amendment, corporations could be 
raided by the government and have their assets seized with no legal recourse. Fourth Amendment protections were extended to corporations in Los Angeles versus Patel ruling, which involved police attempting to search a hotel guest register. And also do uh, the Fifth Amendment protects granted to corporations, the government cannot strip them from earnings or profits thanks to the taking clause of this amendment. The rate was granted to corporations in the ruling of Horn versus Department of Agriculture. In this case, the Department of Agriculture tried to force a small grape grower to set aside a percentage of crop yield to be redistributed by the government. Prevention unfair treatment by the government at any level is the more, most important reason for the existence of corporate personhood. You know, people may look at the corporate personhood as saying, oh, that corporation is a person. It's a title, but it's not a living being. Now, the arguments that people have for corporate personhood, and there are strong arguments in favor of personhood, even if they are limited, corporations need some rights to exist. Without these rights, few businesses would succeed. And some of the best arguments for personhood include, one of them is world peace. The idea enables businesses in different countries to work together. When countries are, are tied together, arguments aren't as common. It also means that problems between countries are fixed much more quickly. Personhood leads to world peace. But we don't seem to have a lot of that going on in world peace. I don't see countries, you know, their problems are fixed much quickly. I don't see that happening in this world. Another argument is competition. Personhood protects corporations from liability. This allows them to take risks and expand. Without the protection, it could be difficult for corporations to complete to compete in the marketplace. So what kind of liability is it going to protect them from? Environmental liabilities? Because the big oil companies are big corporations, right? The big oil spills that we have seen over the years. What kind of protection do they get under that? Being a personhood. Global stability is another argument. Personhood allows the multinational corporations. This means one company can operate in many different countries. The protections of personhood defend company owners from liability, which encourages them to expand internationally. 
multinational corporations increase economic bonds between countries and leads to increased global stability. Another argument is the legal distinction. Personhood is a legal distinction. It is used for both corporations and people. The designation is a way to define, bestow rights, outline legal entities, and define liability. Because personhood is only used as a legal distinction and not a value judgment if it does not if it does not put corporations on the same level as natural people. People create corporations. We have to, you know, we, we do because you apply for that status, you pay for that status to be a corporation. Regular people create and run corporations. Protecting corporations means protecting the people who created them. Personhood is important because it, it benefits the people who start and run businesses. Now, you may know somebody who maybe ran a business, they're not incorporated, their business failed, they lost everything. Corporation, under certain laws, when it comes to uh, closing down a business or the business went out of business, there's protection for the owners of that corporation. It's in the dictionary. The dictionary defines corporations as people in some cases. It's a legal definition. Personhood is a legal definition. It does not make businesses equal or more valuable than regular people. The only reason for personhood is to protect businesses. Personhood is not meant to harm people and without personhood, a business could be unfairly harmed by laws and regulations. Does personhood protect people? A business is made up of its people. Personhood protects both a business and the people who work for it. If a, if a business does not uh, does something illegal, personhood makes sure that the people who work for the business are not harmed. Personhood also makes it easier for small businesses to compete with large businesses. It even playing, it's, it evens the playing field for everyone involved in a business. Well, during this pandemic, small business who not incorporated had to shut down all non-essential services. 
from every type of business that was non-essential services. Big box stores, big Walmarts, big corporations were, were able to operate. How is that for a level playing field for you? Taking part in a business to work at a business you have to give up some of your rights. However, giving up these rights often leads to big benefits in the future. If a personhood did not exist, you would not be able to give up these rights and take part in a business. I don't know about that. Personhood enables businesses and employees to work together to succeed. Personhood leads to opportunity. Now that's arguments for corporate personhood. Now, arguments against corporate personhood. Many people disagree with personhood. They don't feel businesses should have the same rights as people. However, getting rid of personhood would be very difficult. It would also be harmful for businesses everywhere. People against personhood don't feel it's fair that a wealthy business has the same rights as its workers. They feel like personhood gives businesses more power than real people. When I talk about the best arguments against personhood are Businesses are not real. We're real, we're living, breathing human beings. The main reason to not have personhood is that businesses do not exist in reality. A business mostly exists on paper. Giving a business the same rights as people doesn't make sense because they are not people in any real way. Lack of morality. Those against corporate personhood argue that corporations cannot be people because they lack morality. Morality is a key to the social compact. And without morality, a corporation cannot fully join the social compact. Since a corporation does not have morality and is only motivated by profit, it does not deserve the rights of a real person. Only people deserve rights. A business needs some rights to be able to succeed. However, it does not deserve the same rights as a real person. If a business is given personhood, it means it has more power than a real person. Many people believe that this is unfair because a business cannot be harmed in the same way a person, a person can, and rights belong to people, not businesses. 
the other argument here against personhood personhood is for citizens a business cannot be a citizen of a country in fact most businesses work in many countries if a business can't be a citizen then it does not deserve personhood rights are supposed to be to protect a citizen of a country citizens citizens can vote businesses are not allowed to vote this means they are not a citizen and do not deserve rights another argument is businesses are not alive a big part of personhood is feelings businesses have no feelings because they are not people a business can't live it can't die businesses do not feel love or get married or have children if a business is not alive then it's not a person and does not deserve personhood the other argument people businesses only want to make money real people know the difference between right and wrong they understand why it's wrong to hurt another person businesses are not people so they don't know the difference between right and wrong the only thing a business cares about is making money this can end up hurting regular people not knowing right from wrong means that a business should not be given personhood and remember it's people running the business obviously it's people running the corporation now the history a little history about the corporate personhood and before the constitution the united states was governed by british common law defined corporations as artificial persons artificial personhood allowed corporations to pay taxes pay employees sign contracts sue and be sued and collect dues being an artificial person meant that corporations did not have legal rights they only had privileges that could be taken away at any time well it's just like human beings right we have privileges privilege it's a privilege to have a driver's license that can be taken away at any given time if you're misbehaving your rights of freedom and movement and what's going on in this pandemic lockdown stay-at-home orders and so on and so forth 
of what we've been enduring during this pandemic. The history of corporate personhood starts with the Constitution. Important events that led to full corporate personhood. There's a list here. I'll try to get through as much of this as I possibly can. Hopefully everything here. 1791, the First Amendment is ratified. 1819, in Dartmouth versus Woodward, Chief Justice John Marshall stated that corporations do not deserve constitutional protections. 1870s to 1890s, the Pendleton Act lim limits public spending on political campaigns. William McKinley decides to seek corporate donations in 1896 and 1900. 1886, in the Santa Clara versus Southern Pacific Railroad Company decision, corporations are given limited 14, 14th Amendment rights. In 1897, corporations are given full 14th Amendment rights. They also receive some Fifth Amendment protections. In 1905, New York strikes down, strikes down a law that attempted to limit workers' hours. The ruling stood for 30 years. In 1906, the Hale versus Henkel case gives the Fourth Amendment rights to corporations. Fifth Amendment rights are still limited. In 1907, the Tillman Act prevents direct political donations from corporations. The act includes labor unions in 1947. 1937, the Lochner decision is overturned and many regular regulations are passed that limit corporation power in favor of workers' rights. Corporate personhood stalled over the next 30 years. The modern push for corporate rights started in 1971. 1971, the Federal Election Campaign Act strengthens campaign finance laws. In 1974, after the Watergate uh, scandal, the uh, FECA is improved and now includes limits on campaign spending and donations. The Federal Election Commission is founded. In 1976, Buckley versus uh, 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 Valio decides that political advertising is free speech. Direct constitution, uh, uh, sorry, Consti contributions are still illegal. Virginia Board of Pharmacy versus Virginia Citizens Consumer Council gives the First Amendment rights to some commercial speech. In the 1980s, the Central Gas and Electric Corp versus the Public Commission's decision establishes the four-part corporate speech test 
a portion of the FECA is struck down. Corporate spending on nonprofit organizations is now limited. In 1986, the Pacific Gas and Electric Company versus the, the Public U, uh, Utility Commission of, of California gives corporations the right to negative speech. In 1990, Austin versus Michigan Chamber of Commerce upholds a spending ban. Non-media companies still can't spend on political campaigns. In 2002, the, bar, uh, the uh, Bipartisan Campaign Finance Reform Act is signed, also known as the McCain-Feingold. It puts limits on soft money. 2003, the Austin decision is upheld and a challenge to the BCR, A, is rejected. When we get up to 2009, 2010, the Supreme Court hears arguments in Citizens United versus Federal Election Commission. The court rules in favor of Citizens United limits on corporate political spending are now unconstitutional. Speechnow.org versus Federal Election Commission allows unlimited contributions to independent expenditures. Two recent cases are important to incorporate personhood. Corporations are given freedom of religion under the First Amendment. In the McCutcheson versus the Election Commission limits on individuals contributions were struck down. You see how far this goes back for personhood and corporations. Now some frequently asked questions by people, and maybe you're thinking about this yourself. What would happen if corporate personhood was revoked. Corporations will go back to being artificial persons. If corporate personhood was revoked, their rights would be returned to being privileges. There would be nothing to stop state governments from treating corporations unfairly. Competition would likely be reduced as well. Corporations would not be protected by the First, the Fourth, the Fifth, or the Fourteenth Amendment. A company's ability to, com to com uh, complete uh, might also be harmed. Would small business be affected by a repeal of corporate personhood? Yes, small business. Small businesses can also be corporations. 
if a small business is incorporated, it has corporate personhood rights. Without these protections, small business would suffer a great deal of harm. It would be hard for them to compete with large companies. It would also be greatly affected by laws against corporations. That what's going on right now with companies who are not corporated. Could corporate personhood be limited instead of repealed? Yes. As we have seen, there are good reasons for limit forms of corporate personhood. It could be restricted in meaningful ways. For an example, you could still protect businesses from government overreach without allowing them to donate unlimited amounts of money for political reasons. However, both restricting and repealing corporate personalhood will require amending the Constitution, which is extremely difficult to do. Another question asked, do unions have corporate personhood? No, unions are still considered artificial persons. Unions never advocated for corporate personhood as they were never granted that status. It's possible unions will gain corporate personhood in the future. Now being a a personhood, a corporation personhood, I mean, when it comes to ratifying deals and everything with the union, you know, being a union is an artificial person, you know, but unions are made up of, of are made up of, of bodies of people, of human beings. But so are corporations. Corporations are made up of people, obviously. They pay an X amount of money to have that title as a corporation. It's that small businesses that can do the same thing, whatever that cost is. So we can ask ourselves, is corporations a good thing or a bad thing? It protects people. Unions protects people, laws protects people. Should corporations be designated as a personhood? Or should it just be an artificial title? I don't know what the real answer would be. You know, to have a, you know, look at General Motors, look at Ford, look at Chrysler, Toyota, all the big manufacturing companies, corporations, pharmaceuticals, corporations, 
But small businesses out there are corporations too. They're not just limited. So when it comes to law and protection from, you know, the, the human point of view, living, breathing, when a corporation is a building. but living, breathing human beings run that corporation. Something to think about, ladies and gentlemen. I thought I'd just bring this topic up because, you know, it's just a little, little interesting facts of about a corporate personhood and what some of the meanings are and the arguments on a corporate personhood. So I wanna thank you for joining me this morning, taking your time out of your Sunday morning to join me here on the Truckers Podcast. I greatly appreciate that. I hope the rest of your Sunday goes really well for you in the upcoming work week. Now coming Monday, we're rolling right into March, but you know, spring is just not that far away. People want to get outdoors. People want to feel better. And as we're trying to get out of this pandemic and the vaccines are rolling out, There is light at the end of the tunnel. But please wear your mask, social distance. Don't gather in large crowds. Sanitize your hands, take care of one another, protect yourself, protect your family, your friends, and your coworkers. We're going to get through this, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to do this together. This is the Truckers Podcast. I'm your host, Doug Clement in Ontario, Canada. Thank you for joining me this morning. Take care, everybody.